This episode is sponsored by the Hohoba Company. I firmly believe that massage therapists should only be using the highest quality products because our clients deserve it and our own bodies deserve it. I've been using Hohoba for years. Here's why Hohoba is non allergenic. I can use it on any client and every client without fear of an allergic reaction. Jojoba is non-comedogenic, which means it won't clog pores. So if you have a client that's prone to acne or breakouts, Jojoba is a great choice for them. It also won't go rancid. It doesn't contain triglycerides like many products, so it won't go bad. This makes Jojoba a great carrier for essential oils too. And finally, Jojoba won't stain your 100% cotton sheets, so your linens will look better for longer, and since Jojoba won't go rancid, They'll always smell fresh and clean. For more information and to get some jojoba, go to massagebusinessblueprint.com slash jojoba. That's massagebusinessblueprint.com slash J-O-J-O-B-A. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Massage Business Blueprint podcast, where we discuss the business side of massage therapy. I am Alyssa Haynes, and I am here sans Michael Reynolds this week. And because Michael could not be with us, I have brought in a super extra special guest star, Greg Hurd, who I'm going to tell you about in just a second. But hi, Greg. Hey, Alyssa. It's so great to be here. Hey, thanks for doing this. So uh, if you have um, just recently joined the Massage Business Blueprint podcast and blog, you may not know about my Greg yet, but uh, if you've been around for a while, you do know about my Greg because I talk about him uh, pretty often. So my Greg is also known as Greg Hurd. He is the Director of Career Development and Outreach at Bancroft School in Massage of Blah. I already messed it up. Bancroft School of Massage Therapy in Worcester, Massachusetts, which is where I went to massage school. He has been a massage therapist for 33 years. I think I did the math right on that. Uh, so. I, said, I would imagine you just stopped counting at some point. I have, actually. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> um, a few more things I want to tell you about Greg before I actually let him talk, which I you know, rarely let him talk, so this is, he's used to this. I, Greg is also an educator, a continuing educator who teaches a really cool ethics class, Ethics for Massage Therapists, How We View and Choose Our Actions. He's been teaching uh, at a handful of AMTA chapters as well as he taught at last year's AMTA TA National Convention. I think I got that right. And if you're anywhere in New England, I want you to know he's teaching for the Rhode Island AMTA in October of 2017, I think it is. So that's yes. coming up in a couple of months. And you can totally Google that for the Rhode Island AMTA. Um, it's their convention and it's a really amazing ethics class. So I wanted to make sure to get that plug in. And finally, Gregory is also the president, the current president of the AMTA Massachusetts chapter. And Greg and I actually met years and years ago, well, when I was in massage school, and then we became friends and I think peer mentors and uh, so much more, concert and baseball game buddies, when we were volunteering together for the AMTA Massachusetts chapter running New England Regional Conference a million years ago, we co-chaired for the 2011 year, which I'm just going to say some people, uh, many people say was the best year that NERC ever had. <laughs> and that is my full and bloviating uh, introduction of Greg Hurd. And I brought him in today 
because I've been looking for an excuse to have him on the podcast, but also because we're going to talk about uh, longevity in massage. How long can we do this career? How long can we do this work? And there's a lot to it. I'm going to kick off by talking, and I promise I won't talk the whole time. I'm really going to give Greg some time to talk. Um, but I wanted to jump into some stats on massage therapists. And AMTA does a survey, an annual survey of massage therapists as well as consumers. And I'm looking at the most recent survey from last year. And it's telling me that most people enter the massage therapy profession as a second career, which I don't think is news to any of us. It is predominantly female, 89%, which I totally love. And I'll just make a little side note here about how women are disproportionately represented in the leadership of massage. If you look at our educators, if you look at the leadership of our national organizations, you'll find there are uh, there is much more than 11% male. So we are not even properly represented in the leadership of our own fields. So people... Ladies, hop on that. Uh, we are a median age of 45 years old. Woohoo! Um, we are likely to be members of a professional organization, and there's a couple out there. We are likely to be sole practitioners, and we are likely to also have other jobs outside of massage or outside of our sole practitioner kind of job. So that's kind of my shtick, my laying it out. And Greg and I have some bullet points that we definitely want to touch on, but my I want to start us off by, Greg, what, what do you, when someone, when I emailed you and I was like, I want to talk about longevity in the field, specifically uh, how long your body can do this work, what do you think about? What are the myths? What are the, the righteous thoughts? Freestyle for me, Greg. Alrighty, so, so much of it um, has to do, of course, with uh, your body mechanics and how you approach the body, how you use it, how you use your own body, etc. But a big part of it is, of course, um, repetitive use. And with pretty much anything, even if you're doing everything just right, if you're doing the same thing over and over and over again, that's going to have some wear and tear on you. So, so much of the longevity is based on variety on how you use your body your self-awareness how much you're enjoying your work and so many other factors like that so it's not just body mechanics but there's more to it as well so those are the the primary things that pop into my head right at the start so bring it in and i know you you teach i didn't mention this you teach a body mechanics um course as well so in your experience and you know working with graduates for so long where do massage therapists tend to hurt themselves thumbs number one uh wrists back and uh sometimes shoulders uh, and almost all of those injuries are due to improper mechanics uh, so many massage therapists use their thumbs to such a huge extent that they're wearing away their thumbs, sometimes literally. Uh, other times, their thumbs just hurt all the time because they're just pushing in with their thumbs and that saddle joint in the thumb, oh wait, is this a saddle joint? That joint in the thumb uh, just really cannot take a whole lot of pressure and stress on it. And all it takes is a very simple move to support your thumb. And there's so, there's dozens of ways of supporting your thumbs and fingers 
when you're massaging. Uh, a lot of it is sometimes just a hand on top of your thumb so that the hand and thumb works together. A lot of it is coming right next to it. There's a number of ways of supporting it. So that's, that's the number one thing that I've seen is massage therapists coming away with sore thumbs. The other one I see a lot of is their whole hands and their wrists when they start gripping are pushing in or muscling everything. And that's one of the clues where when you contact the body, relax your body, sink in, let their muscles invite you in, then you start to move or you start to effleurage or you start to come in with a deeper tissue work. Uh, because if you try to force your way through it, uh, it fights you, it fights your body. So when I see massage therapists coming away from just a few massages and shaking their wrists, it's like, what did you just do? You know, why does your wrist hurt? And this is coming from somebody back when I worked at the Bancroft Health Center, I was doing anywhere from uh, 35 to 45, uh, 50 minute massages a week. And physically, I never felt badly. Um, a lot of that was because that's when I learned how to massage. I joke with a lot of people, but it was no joke that the time I really learned how to massage was when I got really tired. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm tired. And I just started sinking in, whether it was my forearms or hands or whatever else. And my clients would say, oh, that's a bit too deep. <laughs> I'm like, seriously? Because I'm, I'm just, just sort of like falling asleep into you. And uh, I was like, just totally relaxing. And they're like, yeah, yeah, oh, that's, that's enough. So the, that's, that's, I mean, that's a somewhat long-winded answer to your question, but that's uh that's a lot of what I see. And then, of course, to people with their knees or their backs or something else will hurt because they come in in a twisted way and they start to try to do depth when they're twisted funny. So don't be twisted when you're massaging. So we're going to, um, I'm going to buy children, warned you of this, and we kind of uh, work through a stream of consciousness whenever we're having any conversation anyway. So I'm going to kind of skip to, before we talk about some of our favorite continuing education and ideas for improving actual physical body mechanics. Um, I think there is a pretty common misconception that the average massage therapist can only do this work for so long. So convince me that there are plenty of massage therapists who've been doing this a long time. Talk to me about People, you know, you've been in this field for 33 years, so I'm going to guess you know plenty of people who've been actively massaging for just as long as you or around the same. So talk to me about what you see in longevity in the graduates from your school and in your peers. The greatest factors that I see with longevity are one, uh, knowing, knowing their bodies well and knowing how much they can massage. I was talking to one friend of mine and I told him that um, some of our graduates are looking at full time at being 15 to 20 people a week. And he laughed and he goes, I do that in two days. So he's still seeing well over 30 people a week. And I asked him if anything hurts on him and he goes, no, no, no. He goes, he just knows how to relax into the massage. And he actually does a lot of the massage while he's sitting on a stool. So he's coming in, sinking in with his arms, et cetera. And a woman I know who does house calls 
has been working steadily since 1996. In fact, that first guy I was talking about, he graduated in 1988. Uh, but then this other woman doing house visits since 1996. Lots and lots of massages. And once again, she's told different stories of how she realized she caught her body doing funny things. And so she would relax, twist, come in in a different way. But the thing that I see, the two factors that I see the strongest are that they both, um, and there's lots of others I know who are doing, have been doing massage for years and years. And um, the factors that are involved is that they still really enjoy their work and they've taken a lot of continuing education so that their massages are varied and always interesting to them. And um, so that's, that's one of the big things that, um, that really makes the difference, the education and the enjoying the work and, and know, I think, years, I think, years of practice and, and sinking in. And I want to pop in here. The, you know, the reason this topic came up is because there was a discussion in the Massage Business Blueprint uh, premium group and sorry, my, I think my Wi-Fi just went wonky. Can you hear me? I can. Okay, good. I just saw something flash on my screen and I got really scared. Okay, so this, yes. this happened, uh, this conversation happened in the Massage Business Blueprint premium group. And there were, you know, someone asked about longevity and an exit strategy. And there were a lot of comments in there uh, that really implied that we the therapist knew their body would break down at one time or another and that is what i found disconcerting is that it seems to be and for me this is a myth that your body will break down from doing this work and it was startling enough to me that that's why we're doing this podcast episode yes some people will be limited by certain things in their body. You know, you may have a prior knee or rotator cuff or some other kind of injury or health issue that would prevent you from having a super long full-time career in massage. Absolutely. And I'm not trying to, to blather over or discredit um, people who have issues. But I always find it shocking when people who have no physical issues currently expect that their body will break down to the point where they can't do this work anymore. And uh, it, yeah, it, that's a total myth. Yeah. And that really bothers me for a few reasons. One, cause I think it's really limiting. And while I think there are some pretty obvious solutions, uh, barring some other health issue, there's some pretty obvious things we can do to increase our, our physical longevity in this field. And one of them is really taking care of yourself, whether that be, you know, I'm not going to do the whole practice what you preach, you should get lots of massage, because I personally don't get tons of massage, I would like to be able to get more massage, it is not a practicality for my world right now, for me to, like, in a perfect world, I'd love to get a massage at least once a week, on top of acupuncture, on top of chiropractic, on top of working out really well, and doing strength training, or whatever, and flexibility training, whatever I need, um, that's not practical for me right now. So I'm not getting as much massage as I often recommend to my clients. But taking care of yourself, whatever that means for you, uh, physical therapy, strength training, whatever, to work around the issues that may pop up for you, 
it is like thing number one that I think is really obvious that many of us, myself included, don't always adhere to this notion of taking care of our body like the tool that it is. Like I wouldn't dream of never adjusting or cleaning my massage table. So clearly I got to do some maintenance work on my body, which is the tool that I, that I really need for this work long-term. And longevity wise, if you do have an, an, illness or an issue or an injury that prevents you from doing certain kinds of massage, I think it's really wise to expand your your modalities, ex- expand your knowledge of modalities that may be gentler or just different for your body. So for, and I'm going to use myself as an example here, and then I'm going to prompt you to use yourself as an example. Um, I took an ashiatsu, a barefoot massage training class, uh, a couple of years, almost two years ago. And no, not everyone can step up onto a table and massage with their feet to do really deep tissue. But I was having some mild shoulder stuff from trying to do too much deep work with my arms, with my elbows, even with body weight. I'd get kind of a hitch in my shoulder if I did too much deep work on any given day. And for me to mix it up, and get standing up on the table and holding onto the bars with my arms, but not having that pressure have to come from my arms, I'm able to do a lot more deep work with zero impact on my shoulders, and I can still do the deep work. And likewise, I've integrated more gentle techniques into my non-deep work and into my deep work as well. I took uh, Tracy Walton's Oncology Massage Intensive, the four-day training, and I I'm, I'm in year 12 of my massage career, and I'm going to be easing in more oncology work, which may or may not be less demanding on my body. We'll see as we go. And uh, taking on fewer clients with issues that I struggle with. So like, if I have a lot of TMJ clients in one day, my hands hurt because that's a lot of um, you know, it's, it's a lot of finger and wrist stuff going on in those very small areas. And I'm working on adapting those techniques for TMJ, so I'm not hurting myself so much. So, you know, craniosacral therapy, whatever modalities you might be interested in that maybe are gentler on your body, but also just use your body differently to accommodate and compensate for any health issues you have. But I'm going to stop my rant in one second after this last example. I was in a class, um, and I was in a class with part one of this example is my friend Jason, who works on Martha's Vineyard and has for like 18, 19 years. And in season right now, he's knocking out 40 plus massages a week. And he'd probably get mad at me because I think right now in high season, it's more like 50 plus massages a week. He works out every single day. The start of his workday all summer is uh, strength training and various types of workouts to keep his body in tip-top shape to be able to do this work and at that volume for you know four months a year at crazy volume and a couple other months on either end that aren't quite so crazy and then a little less work over the winter and he's been doing that for 18 plus years so he and I went and took a class a couple of months ago and I sat in this class and I'll totally promote it it's um, neural reset therapy and uh you could totally Google that. My friend Ralph Stevens teaches it, and there's a handful of other teachers across the country. Lawrence Woods is the creator. And it's super gentle, super easy on the massage therapist body technique you can integrate in with other massage 
techniques that you do. And I sat in that class and I was one of the babies in the class. I was one of the people with the least amount of years experience. It was about 20 people in the class, maybe a little more. And the vast majority of people in that class had been doing massage for over 15 years. And it really rung true to me, like being in that class with people with that type of longevity who are working full time still. And there were people in there who've been doing it 25 and 30 years, like more than one person. And I thought to myself, these, these are the lifers. These are the real career massage therapists who understand the value of continuing education, who understand the value of expanding their work into a variety of techniques that compensate for their body. And I, you know, I watched them over the two days of this class and it was really amazing to me. So I think that uh, with, that was a very long way of saying that the idea that your body will blow out is not true for everyone. So while we should do the right things to keep our bodies in shape and to keep our work compensating for any issues we do have, if you think that's a given, it's not. And I want to tell you that. It's not. And Greg, you went to Hawaii and took a class and said that it has changed your work and been easier on your body. So tell me about that and any other continuing education experiences you've had that you think have lent to your longevity as a hands-on therapist. Thank you. That was the, um, that was a great rant. Alyssa. Thank you. Thank you very it. much. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, the Lomi Lomi uh, that I took in Hawaii was just amazing because it was all about the effleurage and about the movement of my own body. And an example of how that works is I integrate a lot of the Lomi moves into my massage. Uh, it's a lot of forearm work, but it's a lot of long flowing stuff. So I'm finding that I'm moving my own body really well. So for example, there was one day where something on my side hurt. I didn't, I didn't know what it was. It was really annoying. I don't know if it's an intercostal or what. So I was doing some stuff on my own, but then I did two massages that night and I felt perfect afterwards. Uh, so the movement that you do in the massage can be a healing movement and not a stressful movement. But I think what you really, really pegged really well, Alyssa, was the whole aspect of variation and how you're approaching the body and making sure that you have all kinds of tools to go into. So I know a lot of people will do Swedish massage and they'll do the same routine over and over and they get really bored and tired and then they get sloppy and it's not fun anymore and it's and they're using their body the same way every single time one of my, my clients will say to me that you know one of the fun things about your massage Greg is I, I don't know where you're gonna go next and I said well neither do I and so every massage is an adventure um, but when you say too about taking care of yourself one of the big things that I've seen happen as well, too, is people do the wrong strengthening exercises. So massage therapists who are starting to get uh, wrist issues, which of course, as soon as someone has a wrist issue, they almost always say it's carpal tunnel, which it often isn't, but sometimes it is. So one of the best courses I ever took, too, was uh, Michael Young's Repetitive Use Injury Treatment. Yes, we took and that together. Yes, that was, I took it twice, in fact. I loved that class. And, and Michael Young was such a great teacher. But, um, you know, one of the things that creates 
carpal tunnel syndrome and wrist issues is overusing the flexors so that the flexors stay in a state of contraction. So I've seen therapists who are feeling their wrist getting injured and they say, well, look, I'm, go I'm going to grab this ball and I'm going to keep squeezing this ball to build up my muscles. So what they're doing is they're contracting already over contracted muscles. So making the issue worse. So that's where, like you said, you got to go find somebody who is, who knows what they're talking about and get the proper stretching, proper work done for yourself. What is the best way of taking care of yourself? Yoga might be the fantastic way for you, but you got to find the right class. If you go into this generic class where they're not really recognizing you, then you got to do something else. So when I looked at all of this, and the great things with the uh, education that I've gotten, um, the Lomi, but also the repetitive use injury treatment, a lot of taken a lot of myofascial classes and neuromuscular classes. And I've taken some Thai massage. So what I've discovered is that a lot of people who hurt themselves simply do the massage in which they're basically squishing the muscles against the bones. And so there's always that, it's effleuraging, sinking in kind of thing, and they kind of forget what petrissage is. But if their wrists are hurting them and they start petrissaging too much, they hurt their wrists more. So bring in the movement, bringing the, the stretching of the client, bring in all that kind of stuff so that the massage is stretching. It's And make sure, again, that you're trained and you know what you're doing um, so it stays within the scope of your practice. But bring some of that stuff in bring in you know again the regular massage but also bring the massage where you're lifting the muscles away from the body too so there's a variety of ways that you're working with the body and um, that not only makes it more interesting but it becomes much more effective and i mean so if you just like for example learn how to really work with the psoas muscle orthobionomy which is a form of positional release has this really simple so as release move that you can do. And, and that helps a lot. Or just pinning and moving. Bob King, back in the day, God bless his soul, um, he showed some other techniques for working with the psoas. And some of it, the client would hold the psoas themselves while they brought their leg um, up and down the table. And sometimes you would help with that. I mean, so all these kinds of techniques creates a lot of interest for you. And one other thing I got to throw in here too is, yeah, I'm not doing 40 massages a week anymore. I'm doing anywhere from, you know, six to 10 or whatever, but I'm working full time now. And when I was doing 40, uh, 45 massages a week, physically I felt fine, but I started getting bored. I wanted to do more with my life not so much with my life, but with my brain, my emotion, my heart, whatever you want to say. And that's when I started teaching at Bancroft and also uh, working in the office. And then I went from there to work at a retirement community for four and a half years. And I came back to Bancroft, but that was key for me in longevity that making sure I recognized my own interests and working with that. So Will your body break down if you use it wrong and you do the same thing over and over again? 
I mean, a lot of people say how you learn through repetitive uh, motion, repetitive work, repetitive training. But if you're doing the same thing wrong over and over, you're creating stress through the repetition. And you're getting down that wrong way of doing it perfectly. So you're going to have it done wrong every single time you massage. So work with your mentors, work with other people. And it's one of the great things with Alyssa and I, we've become mentors for each other in a variety of ways. And but yet we've never given each other a massage. Never. No. <laughs> and you know, that might be okay. Um, I think so. That's not what our relationship is. <laughs> Although, you know, maybe I kind of want to loamy loamy one day. So we'll see. Uh-huh. So it's, it's, that's where you get into working with your stuff, understand like when you start getting in something like the Thai massage, I mean, you're using your own body in a really interesting way as well too. And when you start stretching and moving and relaxing and, and you know, if you get stuck with like, this is how I always do it, then perhaps, yeah, then perhaps your body will break down. Uh, but the, the idea that doing massage is going to break down your body is to me basically ridiculous because it's not massage that breaks down the body. It's the way you massage. And like you said, if there's pre-existing conditions there or something like that, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there could be a problem, but there are many, many ways of, of working with things so that you don't end up hurt. Sweet. And I'm going to wrap it up there, Greg. I think we, um, we definitely have some fodder for follow-up podcasts. So we are going to do some more on um, kind of the, the mental and emotional burnout of being a business owner. And we're certainly going to talk uh, more about exit strategies um, in upcoming podcasts and blog posts and such. But I think we've pretty much covered the body burnout stuff. Do you think so? I think we've done good. Proud of us. Good job, us. Thank you so much for guest hosting with me today and being our guest or whatever Thank we're calling it. Thank you so it. much for asking me. Yay. I really enjoyed this. So everyone, I want you to know that in the podcast notes, if you find this episode at massagebusinessblueprint.com slash podcast, I'm going to have all sorts of, and let's, for reference, this is episode 109, and uh, I will have tons of notes and links in the podcast note that reference all the different modalities that we talked about here. And let's see what else I wanted to let you know. So let's have to go back to my cheat sheet since Michael's not here. If you have any questions for us, you can email them to us at podcast at massagebusinessblueprint.com and we will answer it in a future episode. Until our next episode, be sure to visit massagebusinessblueprint.com for additional resources. And I hope that you have a wonderful day. Greg, thank you and goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye, Alyssa.